0: Happy New Year, January 10th, 2020. Can I stop saying Happy New Year now? <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi This is our first official new Ask Farnoosh of the new year. Many of you who've been sticking with the show the last couple of weeks, you've been listening to some lookbacks, some recaps of 2019, picking out some of the highlights of the year with various themes from millennials and money, financial comebacks, and just some of my favorite episodes that really left me thinking. Gotta say thank you to Well and Good, the editors there, for giving a shout out to So Money in their recent piece, calling So Money one of the top podcasts worth listening to in 2020 to improve your financial health. And congrats to my fellow female podcasters, Veronica Dagger, Jamila Souffron. So humbling to be in the company of such outstanding and accomplished women. Here's to more in 2020. And I also wanna say thank you to everybody who left a review in 2019. And I'm gonna continue doing these free 15-minute money sessions with folks who leave reviews. So how it's been working over the past few months is... Is people who leave reviews, I go in and check on iTunes and every Friday I will pick a reviewer and I will read the review. Thank you. And then as my thank you, offer you a free 15 minute phone call with me, a money session where we can talk about anything that is currently bugging you about your finances or, you know, big questions that you have, small questions that you have, whatever. Just want to chat about the weather, whatever. I'm cool. 15 minutes is all yours. And this week we're going to say thank you to Autumn Sunchild, who says, on December 30th, she wrote the last review of 2019 saying very valuable, great content. Autumn Sunchild says, I've just recently started listening in my current binge of financial literacy podcasts. This is definitely one of my faves as a young millennial jogging out of my little student loan debt hole. I love the perspective Farnoosh offers and I get something valuable from each episode helping me think differently about getting out of debt. So Autumn Sunchild would love to connect with you and maybe help you with your current debt, help you find new strategies or just give you some more encouragement. But thank you so much for your kind review. Welcome to the show. And I hope 2020 does not disappoint. Want to share something really cool that's happening this month. If you are in the New York City area and you'd like to hook up, meet up, I am hosting Financial Bingo Wednesday, January 22nd at Luminary in New York City. Financial Bingo, what is that? Is that a thing? I'm trying to make it a thing in 2020. Um, So this is my first attempt at doing this, I've uh, created a game and we've got a sponsor, Chase, who's going to be there giving us amazing prizes for those who win. It's like traditional bingo with a twist and there's going to be food. There's going to be drinks. I'll be there. Join us Wednesday, January 22nd at Luminary. If you'd like tickets, here's what you have to do. Okay. Very simple. Go on Instagram, direct message me. Let me know you want to come then I will send you the link because it's kind of lengthy and I'm going to give you a code so that you can secure your spot for free. It's a free event in general. Luminary, though, does mainly invite its members to these kinds of events. So if you're not a Luminary member, I have a code for you so that you can come and reserve your spot. But I mean, what's better than learning a little about money, having fun, connecting with other people, having a drink, having some food, and maybe even winning a pair of tickets to the Knicks or the Rangers? There's going to be lots more, too. So hope to see you. Connect with me on Instagram at Farnoosh Tarabi. Direct message me. Let me know you want to come. And I will be on top of that. Okay, let's go to the mailbag. We've got some really, really good questions to kick off 2020, and I want to get to as many as possible. Mel on the website writes in, and by the way, if you want to send me a question for this episode, for these Friday episodes, there's a lot of ways. You can send me a message on the website at somoneypodcast.com. If you click on Ask Farnoosh, then you will be uh, directed to a little page where you can send your question, and it goes right into my inbox and often gets it on the show. So this is how Mel reached out. She went on the website. Um, You can also go on Instagram, you can go on Twitter, Facebook, you can email me. She says, I've been a listener of So Money for several years now, and I'm incredibly appreciative of the knowledge and understanding that it's given me on my financial journey. I'm grateful, Farnoosh, for your candor and compassion, and I'm hoping you can help me with a financial decision. Well, I'm going to try my best, Mel, and thanks for those kind words. She says, for the last four to five years, I've had a credit card balance of around $12,000. I've managed to move my balances to balance transfer credit cards for 0% interest periods, occasionally paying the standard 3 to 4% balance transfer fee. I've done this half a dozen times now, and despite my best efforts and attempts at better budgeting, my balance has remained the same over the years. I'll occasionally pay one credit card off, but then slowly add the debt back onto another. It's a painful admission. I live in New York City, and most of my cost of living is very high, and as a single woman, the financial responsibilities fall solely on me. The balance transfers just save me the interest, but I've not made a substantive dent in my debt. I'm wondering if now is the time to consider a personal loan rather than look for another balance transfer card and continue this process. I just have a hard time accepting a 4 to 5% interest rate when I know I'd very likely be accepted for a 0% interest credit card. One thing to note, I graduate with my master's this May and I expect that this summer I'll be earning close to $80 to $85,000. In my new career. Raise your hand if it sounds familiar to you, right? I mean, this is one of the pitfalls of working on a balance transfer card. I mean, the benefits we've we know you get 0% interest for a period of time. If you are disciplined enough to pay off the debt entirely during that time frame, well, you've saved yourself a lot of money and interest and you've become debt-free. Congratulations. But the problem that a lot of us run into is that it just becomes a place to park the debt and, yeah, benefit from zero interest, but not really make any improvements on lowering the debt. We're happy enough that we're not paying interest. We don't take advantage of it further to actually pay it all off and have it be gone uh, within the next you know, 12 to 15 months. Usually that's the window uh, before the interest rate kicks up to the whatever the standard rate is, the going rate at the time. So Mel, my advice to you is, you have to know yourself, okay? If history says anything, you seem to have a hard time um, feeling empowered and encouraged with balance transfer cards. Uh, I think the problem there is that there's no term, right? There's no term other than, of course, the expiring interest rate. That's kind of what's been triggering you to just keep moving from one balance card to the next. Um, and, And that's Fine, but since there's no end date on this debt, there's no term that says like five years, six years. Um, it's really on you, right, to create that timeline. And if you're looking for more discipline, I think a loan would be better. And and I know you're going to have to pay more interest on this loan, but at least with the loan, it's a term, right? Sometimes they're five years or ten years or one year. And it really forces you to be more disciplined. You have to make a payment every month that includes interest plus principal that is working towards an end goal of getting you out of debt within a period of time. And so if that's what you need, then that's what you need. You know, And it's going to be a little bit more of an expensive route, but in the grand scheme of it, you'll probably be out of debt sooner than later. And psychologically, this is no longer going to be a burden on you. I I, I think that if you believe in yourself that you can actually make a difference this year as you start to earn money with a new job and you're feeling a little bit more hopeful and empowered and financially stable to actually pay off this debt um, on your own with a 0% balance transfer card, then okay. But you know, I'm just basically giving you feedback on what you're telling me, which is that for the last four to five years, you've used these credit card balance transfer cards, and they have not helped you get out of debt. They've only been a parking spot for your debt. And yes, collecting no interest, but you're still in debt four years later, five years later. So I think that if you're looking for more discipline and someone to basically tell you this is your debt deadline, right? You have four years to pay off this debt or you have one year, whatever the term is that you agree to, then that's the way to go. You know, to get out of debt, you have to spend less than you make. You have to put your savings towards the debt. You have to be disciplined about it. That's the science behind it. It's not this sort of overcomplicated process, but what makes it complicated is our behavior, our tendencies, our human behavior. It, it, it is what trips us up more often than not. We understand what we have to do, but you know, life gets in the way, our own mindset gets in the way. And so if you need more discipline, more built-in discipline, I would say a term loan might be the way to go. And congrats to you, Mel, for graduating. This is a big year for you, getting your master's in 2020. Wishing you continued success, Mel. Now we're going over to Instagram and we have a question from Mrs. Echelon on Instagram. She says, husband and I are searching for a financial advisor in Philly. We don't know where to start. Any recommendations? We have two small kids and we need to get our financial SHI, you know what, together this year. <laughs> financial freedom this year. Yes. I feel that it's a good goal to have. You know, financial freedom, financial health is a top resolution in 2020. I'm not making any resolutions this year. I have goals. I have big visions for 2020. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I have to say, I just realized that I don't have to get everything done in the first week of January or the second week of January. That I have literally 12 months to 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 try to accomplish as much as I can. And so I'm gonna just make a timeline because I think that'll make me feel less nervous and anxious, but I digress. Let's go back to her question, which is financial advisors. Okay, so I love this question. And this is a great time of year to be thinking about getting some support to help you with your financial goals. And I think a lot of couples, when they start to build that family and the family grows, they realize we're busy, life's gotten busier, we definitely need some help. So first step, ask around. Referrals are always a great place to start. Are there other family friends that you have, other friends that have kids who are in f- similar financial situations, who work with financial advisors? Who are they? Can they refer them to you? And just because you're in Philly doesn't mean that this person has to be located in Philly. It is very easy and doable to work with a financial advisor remotely. It's probably even cheaper, uh, frankly, because you, you know, you're not paying for their rent, their mahogany Boardroom table, their staff. A lot of fantastic financial advisors work from a home office um, or a WeWork. And so, why spend your money on that, right? You want to spend money on the advice and the plan and not to be upcharged for that sort of stuff. There are fancy financial advisories in New York City that are, I'm sure, charging an arm and a leg because, you know, they got overhead here in New York City. But working virtually with a financial advisor is more than doable these days. And for you guys as busy parents, I mean, the last thing you want to do is like hire a babysitter to uh, drive to town, to the city, to meet your financial advisor, pay, you know, pay for gas, pay for the babysitter, and then, you know, time away from home. It's mu- And then you're, you're wasting time in traffic. I mean, look, if you can do it virtually, I would highly recommend it. So friends referrals, number one. Number two... XY Planning Network is a great website where you can find a financial advisor based on the profile of a financial advisor that you're looking for. So if you want to find someone who has experience working with families... Families with multiple children, working parents, you would probably find that on XY Planning through the bios that these uh, financial advisors post on XY Planning. It's called XY Planning because it is catering to a younger demographic, the the millennials, the Gen Xers, who are still in the wealth building phase. You know, they're not the sort of clients that have millions in the bank, they're not private, high net worth uh, clientele necessarily. are folks who are making a good living, trying to save. Maybe they've got some student loans still. They're, They're family planning. They're doing all the things and they need some support and they deserve some support. So XY Planning is really fantastic, a great resource. Lots of guests on So Money who are financial planners, financial advisors, promote their services on XY Planning. So if you do a search on So Money, And look for the financial advisors that we've had on the show, whether that's Douglas Bonaparte, Brittany Castro, super qualified financial advisors on XY planning. And I think those are two great ways to start. I would interview at least two or three planners. And I would say a red flag in your initial meeting, which is always free, should always be free is if the planner talks all about the returns that they've produced for their clients. Oh, we've had year over year gains of 8% and da da da. Well, that's fancy, but how are you gonna help me build wealth? And how are you gonna help me fill the holes In my financial plan because I'm a family and I need life insurance and I need a will and I need tax planning, perhaps. And so I really want to make sure that this planner understands your goals. So they should be asking you a lot of questions about where you want to be in the next year. How does money make you feel? What are some of your challenges? What are some of your ambitions with your business, with your family? Do you want to, you know, move? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to have more kids? These are really important questions, and a good planner will definitely have. Have to ask these to really understand, you know, what your needs are and how to best cater to you. And you just you'll just know, you know, trust your gut. If you, you gotta like this person, it's like you know, picking a doctor. <laughs> you're gonna get financially naked with this person. So you feeling comfortable is of the utmost. All right. So good luck to you. I have I have good feelings that you're gonna find someone great. And even if you did want to find someone local in Philly, Philly is great. I used to live in Philly. I love Philadelphia. A lot of great uh, professionals there. And definitely make sure that whoever you work with is a fiduciary. CFPs, Certified Financial Planners, that's the designation you're going to want to look for when you're hiring a planner. All of those folks who have that certification must act as your financial fiduciary, which means that they must act first and foremost in your best financial interest. They cannot sell you products that they're going to make commission on without disclosing it. They have to be very clear and transparent about their fees and how they make money. And you should ask that in the first meeting. How do you make money? What are your fees? Are, they, are you flexible? Very important. Okay, good luck to you. See, I love this question. I could talk a lot about this. I actually wrote an article for Business Insider recently about how my husband and I, we got married many years ago, started working with a fantastic financial planner. So good, in fact, that she taught us so much, we fired her. (laughs) That's harsh. But we basically stopped working with her. We amicably stopped working with her because we realized that she had done such a great job. Within a few years, all that was really left to do was like some light maintenance and you know helping us with our portfolio which frankly we sent over to a robo advisor because we don't need a human being going in there and making money moves every week every quarter right your portfolio auto adjusts technology can really solve a lot of your financial planning needs as far as building your wealth for your future but you know she had done so much of the groundwork as far as getting us um the insurances that we needed getting us referrals to you know CPAs and just you know helping us walk through the first couple of years as a married couple combining some of our finances within a few years we kindly parted ways but I, I always say there's always an opportunity and a chance to go back and work with a financial planner I think when your life stage changes shifts um, there's always room for some financial advice perhaps and so we haven't completely shut the door on working with a planner but we feel like we Got a lot of benefit out of it when we did, and right now we're sort of on cruise control. But you never know. Okay, Caitlin on Instagram with a recovery story to share and a question. So Caitlin says, Farnoosh. I love you so much. A little history about me. At 27, I had a bachelor's degree in nutrition, but I could not find a job. I was heading to my 30s and I still didn't have a decent job. I was single. I had horrible credit. I was broke, no savings. On top of everything, I had 42,000 in debt. I was so depressed. Two years later, I found a good job. I read every financial book I could get my hands on and I found your podcast and now I'm proud to say I just paid off all my debt last year I've saved up sixteen thousand dollars and another twenty seven thousand in my 401k so for 2020, would you please give me some advice as what else should I be investing my money in? Where can I buy index funds? Should I invest in a real estate fund? Thank you so much. well, oh my gosh Caitlin. Congratulations. Way to make a turnaround in two years. I mean, that is pretty outstanding. You've paid off all your debt. You've managed to also save. You know what happened? You believed in yourself and you gave yourself permission to be sad. I think everyone needs to be okay with being sad. You know, like we hear a lot of these people talk about, like, just, you know, look at the bright side, be positive. Yes, that's important, but also be true to your emotions. Like, if you're having a bad day, you know what? Give yourself the freedom to be sad about it, um but you know know that at some point you got to pick yourself up and i It sounds like you went on that journey, Caitlin, and I'm so happy for you and I'm so glad that you have found this podcast, and it has been helpful. so here's what I would say with your four oh one k you are investing and you've got a nice little nest egg there, $27,000. Are you maxing out the match? In other words, if your company's offering you a match, are you investing enough to earn the full match? If they're matching you know, 5%, a uh, dollar for every dollar up to 5% of your salary, make sure you're doing at least 5% of your salary. And then from there, see if you can do more. You know, If you if you have more money to to invest within that 401k, you can find index funds and you might be able to even find some real estate funds. Very important to work with somebody over at the 401k administration. Um, very important to talk to someone who is a, an expert with the 401k plan that your company is providing. There's usually a 1-800 number or a website. You can go on there and book a Book an appointment and talk to somebody about the diversification in your portfolio. And given you know all the factors such as your age, your risk tolerance, when you want to retire, are you um, the, is your portfolio really the right mix? And if you wanted to invest in something like a real estate fund or more index funds, I'm sure the 401k has something like that. Definitely index funds. And um, how can those get incorporated into the mix? It's really a phone call, sometimes just maybe even a live chat on the website, you know, exhaust the 401k as much as you can because that is an automatic contribution. comes out of every paycheck. It's tax deductible, the contributions. So a lot of opportunities with the 401k. Beyond a 401k, if you feel like I've exhausted the 401k, I'm ready to move on to some other kind of investment vehicle. You might want to look into a Roth IRA. You could look into uh, just a brokerage account. That is something that you can open up virtually at any financial institution. And within that, Roth IRA or brokerage account, you can open up index funds, which I like because we know index funds are cost efficient and on average uh, have uh, great returns relative to actively managed funds. So Caitlin, I would say, see how far you can go with the 401k, then move on to maybe a Roth IRA brokerage account. Um, But you're doing really well. And I would say that if your savings account Let's not forget the savings account. you got 16000 in there. If you do have enough to cover your expenses for six months, fantastic. If you don't, keep saving in your savings account as well. Daisy Crazy on Instagram. I love that. Daisy Crazy. Hi, Farnoosh. She says, I live in San Francisco and it is ridiculously expensive. I'm looking for smart ways to start making some passive income. Do you have ideas of where to start? What are some things I should consider before deciding on what to commit to? Any recommendations for books or podcasts that focus on this topic? Oh, do I have recommendations for you? I love this topic. Oh, she has a PS. She says, I started listening to So Money in January of 2019. I've learned so much. I've managed to completely get out of credit card debt and increase my credit score significantly. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to take all the credit for that, but that's really, that's really <laughs> amazing to hear. And in just one year, kudos to you. Thank you for being a part of the community. Okay. Let's have some fun with this question. So you want to make more money. Great. Love that. Okay. You got to make more money in San Francisco. It's not a nice to have. You have to. It's ridiculously expensive, as you said. So first things first, what is your time commitment, Daisy Crazy? You know, do you have hours during the week to commit to a pass side hustle? And if you don't, maybe you need to rejig your schedule to make time for it. Because I do think it's worth your time. I do think it's worth your time. I'm a big advocate of finding ways to bring in more money, not just because we like money, but because there are a lot of ways to leverage this experience. You can meet new people, learn about new things that you're interested in, um, be inspired to take it to the next level and maybe turn the side hustle into a business. My friend Susie Moore has a book on side hustles. She's been on this podcast uh, at least once, and the book is called "What If It Does Work Out?" Question mark How a side hustle can change your life, and the book goes into how to identify a side hustle, how to make it work, how to make it doable, and then. Also, like I mentioned, how to actually turn it into something a little bit bigger than just an extra revenue stream. I'll tell you, when I was working um, in my 20s, needing a lot of extra money because I was making very little and I had a little bit of, well, a lot of student loan debt from grad school, credit card debt, I freelance wrote, I babysat, I bird sat, I really didn't have any qualms about what the work was necessarily. Although I will say that I gravitated more towards work that I enjoyed and that I felt was Kind of tangential to what I was doing in my career, that it wasn't a complete like like I wasn't gonna go and start. If 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 I were to do this today, I wouldn't go and like drive Uber. That's not for me. Uh, I don't think I would enjoy that, and it doesn't really have anything to do with my you know day job necessarily. So it had to be like a whole new. It's like a whole new thing, and that's like for me that feels a little like a bit of an uphill climb. If you are, let's say, already skilled in graphic design or engineering or tutoring teaching, these are the sorts of areas where you can. really find great side hustles. Like tutor.com is a great place to get teaching gigs. Upwork.com is a great place to post your availability for graphic work or any kind of freelance work that you want to do. TaskRabbit also, if you've got a car and free weekends, maybe you could help people move. I mean, the world is your oyster when it comes to side hustles. It's really about figuring out what you like to do, what your availability is, and what you see yourself doing, really, and, and enjoying, um, so that you can continue to do it. I really appreciate this question, and I hope it was helpful. Not a bad way to start the new year, right? How to learning today, how to make more money, how to invest for your future, get out of debt—all good things. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Lots more in store for you for 2020. We've got our 1,000th episode coming up in February, and I'm excited to unveil what that will be about. So stay with us, and if you have questions for me, for our Friday episodes. Remember, Instagram, the website, and email, farnoosh at farnoosh.tv. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your weekend is so money.